Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Wondering where to start? Do you have questions about mortgage and real estate and need honest, accurate answers? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Educated Home Buyer with expert real estate broker, Jeb Smith, and certified mortgage consultant, Josh Lewis, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership. Welcome back to The Educated Home Buyer, where our goal is to help you buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership and financing. In today's episode, we're going to give you a mid-year forecast, where we see the market going through the end of the year. And in order to do that, I think we need to take a look at not only where we are right now, but where we started the year. Because you know, you have, in order to see where you're going, you need to see where you came from because some things are changing faster than we probably thought they would. And some things are actually kind of slow with regards to what's happening with home price declines and what have you. So Josh, you know, towards the end of last year, you know, you and I were talking about forecast for this year. And I kind of gave a forecast that I threw out there. And this was probably October, November, of last year. And I said, I think next year we'll see seven to 8% appreciation. Right. And I think that was probably more of what I wanted to see with regards to appreciation than what I really thought. But I thought we came out of two years of, of craziness in the market. There's no way we can see it again in 2022. And you kind of gave a forecast and you said low double digits. And then we hit the year at, you know, what we'll talk about here in, in just a moment, some of the lowest levels of inventory that we've we've seen on record since they started measuring this stuff. And we really came out of the gate in the first quarter seeing double digit appreciation to start the year. I mean, just absolute craziness. And so, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about where we started the year, you know, with inventory, with buyer demand, with interest rates, what was driving the market then. Then we can kind of talk a little bit about what's happening now. And then give, you know, the the listeners out there an idea of where we see the market towards the end of 2022. So, Josh, start us at the beginning of the year. What was driving the market at that time? So, as always, this always comes down to supply and demand. So, what we're going to talk about, what were the factors that were impacting supply? What were the factors that were impacting de demand? And as you already said, it was record low inventories. And when we look at that. That's a weird thing to have during those months, December, January. We normally have seasonality, even for us in Southern California, where you don't have the weather effects, there's definitely a seasonality. That is the low point of the year in terms of listings, homes available for sale because people pull their homes off the market during the holiday or don't list going through the holidays just because there's a lot going on. All of us have Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, um, all that fun stuff. So market generally takes a pause. But the last few years, Jeb, we haven't really had seasonality. Since COVID, once we had that the, the pause and the spring buying season back in 2020, once people jumped in around June, July of that year, they jumped Mark, in full force. Mark, and the market never really dipped, right? We never, right. We never saw a decrease um, other than a decrease of inventory because homes were turning and selling so quickly. So that continued and and you and I were looking at it, your number and even my number in the, the low double digits was sort of a hopeful number because what happens and what we're seeing, what happened very quickly is affordability gets out of control. There's no, you know, one of the things we always talk about here on the show um, and talk about with clients is the difference between willing and able demand. There's always people willing to buy homes. How many people are able to buy homes? So demand is lower now 
because home prices are up what 35% over the last 24 to 30 months. So you already have a 35% increase in what it takes to, to make it happen. 35% increase in down payment, income required to, to qualify. It's not quite that direct, but you're an increase in income um, and, and you have to save that additional money. So on top of that, we were trying to project what's gonna happen with interest rates this year. We thought that inflation was going to moderate by early mid-year. The Fed would step in and do some things, um, but interest rates shot up uh, tremendously. So what happened there is- Where were we, had... we wrong in, in that scenario? Like what didn't we factor in when we said, interest rates being in the high three, low four, 4% range? Because I think that's important. Um, we the war, the Ukraine? The, I mean, I, I would say less of that. I think we underestimated the amount of stimulus that the Fed had pumped into the economy, um, both in terms of the quantitative easing, which is a little harder to see, um, and then on top of that, the just the, the stimulus. So now we're seeing here, we're, we're nearing the end of it. You see consumer confidence uh, numbers coming in lower and lower and lower month over yep. month. Some of, some of are record lows. And you're like, why is that? Well, the government gave away a bunch of money during the pandemic and there wasn't a lot of places to spend it. So it wasn't austerity. It wasn't U.S. households going, hey, we're not going to spend as much money. They're saying there, we couldn't go out. There weren't as many places to spend it. And we were getting stimulus from the government. And some families absolutely needed that. That just helped them get by. That didn't go into savings. But we can look at the U.S. savings rate those months that the stimulus checks hit. Yeah, a lot of families didn't need that money. It shot through the roof. So instead of targeted stimulus to the folks that need it, we were giving it to almost everyone. By the third round, it was... Um, not lower incomes, but we at least eliminated the higher incomes by that third round of stimulus. But that's what I would say um, where and, we and got off in terms of, of how big that stimulus had been and how much it had pushed home prices up, pulled demand forward. We had people that probably would have been buying this year that said, hey, it rates at, at 2.75. I have to jump in. I have to do this now, especially with home prices going up. So what I think both of us, neither of us really accounted for is when rates started going up, it initially did not put a break on the market. It put uh, uh, gasoline on the fire of people going, oh, no, I, I don't want to get a, a, a four or five percent rate. Um, I'm going to jump in now. So we had more demand early in the year against lower listings. And that first half of the year, even yesterday, we saw a Case Shiller number that still says 20 percent year over year. You and I both know the market's slowing, but that's trailing data. And that data is down a little bit from the month before, but still at a very hot number where you and I both know that the number today is is nowhere near that. Well, and and the reason I said, you know, where do we go wrong or I asked that question with interest rates, we you know, and I said Ukraine, we we didn't, you know, when we were talking back in March, if you will, I thought we we had seen the highest inflation numbers that we had seen year over year because at that point the idea was that, you know, the 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 high month from from last year was going to fall off and and the numbers should moderate, but what we saw was supply chain issues still being a problem out there. We saw, you know, obviously the war in Ukraine, which added and, you know, had an impact on oil, which in turn, you know, you mentioned throwing gas on the fire. Well, that gas is now double the cost that it was uh, to throw on that and, fire and, than and it Jeb, was three what, months ago. What people don't realize, if you uh, if you're not like Jeb driving a Tesla, you realize when you're pumping gas in your car, you're like, Phew, this is a big it hit to my impact. budget. Yeah. But you don't realize that it impacts everything. All of the things that you buy have to get transported to the market where you pick them up. Um, a lot of things like, um, you know, uh, 
petroleum finds its way into fertilizers. It finds its way into plastics. You don't realize all of the things that the prices rise by having higher fuel prices. So what did Ukraine do? Pushed fuel, uh, food prices higher globally. It pushed fuel prices higher globally, and it exacerbated already tough supply and, chain issues. And what that did was it caused inflation numbers to read higher than we thought um, and continued to stay there. The Fed has had to do, I think, more, you know, their forecast has obviously uh, changed um, in, in how they approached raising the Fed funds rate. And all of that created volatility. It created uh, volatility in 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 the markets with regards to the direction that we're headed in the stock market and interest rates and what have you. And because of that volatility, rates have gone up, right? There's some there's this this uh, unknown out there um, that creates fear. And, you know, the because of that interest rates, you know, are probably higher than they should be. Now, we got interest rates wrong. I mean, let's be clear. But I think they were higher than even, you know, the people forecasting rates thought they would go. Um, and, and therefore that, that has had a damper on, on where we are now. So we've, we talked about supply, um, you know, supply, we started the year about a month of supply nationwide, which is really, really low, a balanced market somewhere around six months. You guys have probably heard that once you get closer to the six months, I mean, after you pass, say, four, four, four and a half months of supply, the market starts to trade a little bit more balanced. Um, it, it's still a seller's market, but there are opportunities for buyers out there in that market, right? So, you know, the closer we get to that four, five-month range, the more balance you'll see in a market. Well, let's talk about today. Josh, where are we today with regards to supply? Where are we today with demand? And interest rates how are they impacting the market today and that'll lead us into talking about the future so go go through supply so where where are we you know both on the on a nationwide level but for us here locally in california and southern california right so so nationwide you know existing home sales just came out said we're sitting at about 2.6 months of supply so that puts us back nationwide somewhere about where we were in the latter part of 2020 so 2020, you know, the beginning of the year of 2020, prior to the pandemic, the market was starting off strong. Um, we had, you know, probably closer to, to the, the three months supply of homes, I think, probably at that time. Um, I don't remember the number exactly, but what happened when the pandemic happened, you know, um, inventory basically stayed to some extent, demand dropped way off and the market changed entirely. But towards the, you know, right after the, the stimulus and all of that, People started buying. Um, the Fed started pumping money into the economy, lowering interest rates, buying mortgage-backed securities, all of that stuff, and it created a frenzy in the market. And through you know the the latter part of probably May through August, September, we saw a huge amount of buying, which brought inventory levels way down. And I think we're sitting about the time we were towards the end of summer, beginning of fall of of 2020 at the moment. So we've had about a two year you know, span of, you know, inventory going way down. And now we're getting back to those levels. And because we're getting back to those levels and we've had interest rates rise, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, give you some, some real numbers that the, the demand is, has slowed the market, right? Interest rates going up, affordability playing a part. House prices have, have even with a slowing market have still maintained, right? We haven't seen that big drop in home prices that a lot of people 
want hope to see, which we can talk about that too, Josh, if you want to dial into that. But all of that factored in and and, and throw on top of it seasonality, right? And, and I recently did a video where I talked about this a little bit and people in the comments said, Jeb, you're an idiot. Summer is the hot time. You're talking about summer is the slow time. Well, let's be clear here. The summer is not the hot time. The summer gets the credit for what happens 30, 60 days prior to it. So the hot time in the market is the spring market because that's when the inventory is coming to the market. That's when those homes that are closing right now, they went into escrow 30, 45, 60 days ago. So that's March, April, May-ish. You know, that's what's closing in June and July. And right now we haven't even gotten into July. And so the, the summer is typically that time in the year where people, you know, kids are out of school. Parents are are driving. I mean, I can tell you firsthand, parents are driving their kids to summer camps. They're thinking about vacations. They're thinking about all of, you know, kids and, and everything going on in that world. And really, housing somewhat takes a back seat during that time. But Josh, let's talk about interest rates because I think that is probably one of the the biggest drivers in in what we've seen with regards to the the shift in the market. So there are a number of different measures that tell us overall where our interest rates. So don't take this as this is the rate you would get if you called me or another lender today. Um, but Freddie Mac publishes every week and they have since I think the 70s, um, their primary mortgage market survey that says in loans that they're purchasing, what are the average rate and points? So we started the year January 6th was the first report of this year. December 30th was the last one of last year. But the first report this year was 3.22%. Um, and that was up a little bit from That's the December 30th. today. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. People were whining and moaning about that. Where's my 2.99? Where's my 2.875? Um, we were at 3.22. Um, and as of today, that's at 5.81. So that is a big difference in right. terms of, of what that does to a monthly payment. So you can literally double your interest rate and it doesn't double your payment because over 30 years, as the principal decreases, you're paying less interest. You're paying interest on a smaller balance. But is it is it a big increase in the monthly payment? It is. So we talked about 35% plus aggregate increases in home prices over the last two, two and a half years. Then you throw on top of that in just the last six months, we see almost a doubling, not quite a doubling. A doubling would be 6.4, we're at 5.8. Um, it, it's close to it. That puts the brakes on the market pretty strongly. Um, in, just in terms of who does it most impact? You know, if you look at a distribution of home buyers on a bell curve, the people on the lowest end, um, entry level buyers buying the cheapest homes in any market are the ones most impacted. Because for us, we always look, those are our buyers who have the least money down and have the highest debt to income ratios. So if home values go from 300,000 to $400,000, a lot of them at 3%, they don't have another three or $4,000 to come up with that down payment. And if we say payment is now at these levels, $5 and 56 dollars, $5.50 to $6 per thousand, it's a 550 or $600 larger monthly payment. Most of those people can't afford it, or many of those people can't afford it. We shouldn't say most because we still have buyers buying at, at these prices. What I can say, Jeb, for us, 
are entry level buyers, I don't have less of them calling me. I have less of them qualifying for what they need to qualify for to get a home in this market. So again, we go back to willing versus able demand. It's not a, a decrease in total demand. It's a decrease in demand of people who would like to buy and have the means to, to do so. And that's largely the, the combination of the increase in prices. And then now here in the last six months, we throw the big increase of, of interest rates on top of that. Okay, so so interest rates have increased. Now, what what or or how has the impacts of of the Fed um, with regards to you know now they've raised it what of one point seven five percent since the beginning of the year one point five to one point seven five is that where we're at um, since the beginning of the year has that provided stability in the market or is that adding to the unknown out there? Or, I mean, I guess the, <clears throat> the better question for, excuse me, guys, for anyone listening to this is, are interest rates still increasing week over week or are, have we kind of found this range that we've been trading in? Well, last month, which was about three weeks ago, we had the CPI figure that came out and it was super hot and mortgage markets and treasury markets immediately shot higher because they were expecting a slight moderation and instead got a little bit of a spike uh, month over month. So since then, we've seen rates moderate, come back in line to about where they were before that. And what I would say is we found pretty strong support on the 10 year treasury at three and a half percent. We're currently under three and a quarter, and it looks like we have support at three and a quarter. So good support at three and a quarter, really strong support at three and a half. You and I have talked, it's not the best proxy, but a proxy for mortgage rates in a normal market is you're looking at about 1.7% higher for mortgage rates than treasuries, which would tell us if we have a 3.25 10-year treasury and the normal spread is about 1.7, which should be somewhere around 4.95, and we're saying we're at 5.8. The reason for that is the volatility in the market. Unlike treasuries, mortgages are able to be prepaid. So lenders are hesitant to put loans on the book at 5.8 or at 4.9, if we're saying where they should be, they don't wanna put loans on the book at 4.9 if they think there's a chance they're gonna come down in the future and get prepaid. They, they would love to own that loan at 4.9 for 30 years, but not for a year and a half and then rates recede again and someone prepays it. So we're seeing lenders require larger premiums and that's why we're up at that 5.8%. So the first thing that we need to see is the 10 year treasury stabilize, not go any higher than that three and a quarter to three and a half range and soon start decreasing. So the Fed action um, is basically the signal to the market is that we're serious. We're not going to let inflation get out of control. And for any of you that listen to us, you know, I will tell you that the Fed always stimulates way too much, way too far into a recovery. And then they step on the brake way too hard as we're heading into a downturn. So um, they should have took their foot off their gas early 2021 instead of early 2022. And they probably should be taking their foot off the brake right now, but they can't. So they have to show they're serious about inflation, that they're going to put the stop to this. So very, very, very good chance here in July, we get another three quarter point increase and probably another half percent before the end of the year. So your things like credit cards and home equity lines of credit are going to go up but that's going to signal to the bond markets that the fed is serious that they're not going to let inflation get out of control and as we start heading into a recession caused by the the heavy stomp to the brakes that the fed is doing um, we'll see them come down so 
the general consensus is that we are somewhere near the peak. If we're not at the absolute peak in mortgage rates and treasury rates, we're very close to it. And they will likely start to moderate as the economy cools and inflation figures come down moving forward. That could take all the way through the end of the year. So I wouldn't tell anyone to wait or hold out for better rates right now. But I also tell clients that are buying don't try to pay points to buy yesterday's rate when we're likely this time next year to have a much slower economy and lower rates for two reasons. The moderating of that spread between treasuries and mortgages as the market stabilizes and treasuries themselves coming down. No, and that's important to note. I mean, if, if you're out there looking at interest rates right now, um, it's important for one, we talk about this all the time. If you're looking to buy a house, you're going through the pre-approval process, talk to multiple people, right? Talk to Talk to a Josh, talk to a broker. Maybe talk to your bank, talk to a couple of different people to get an idea of where rates are. And, and you know, anybody telling you to pay points, why? I mean, these are conversations that you want to have. Um, and, and honestly, the, the mortgage professional should be the one bringing a lot of this stuff to your attention and having that conversation. And so if you're not, you need to be having another conversation. But either way, talking to a broker is smart. Um, what I'm going to do is there's a link in the description of this podcast. Um, or video, whatever you're looking at, where you can go and and you know click on that referral link and talk to an expert in your market uh, that can guide you through that process. There's no cost. It's really just a conversation to figure out where you stand. Uh, and the same time as if you're if you're looking for a real estate agent, you know you don't have one. That link will allow you to connect with someone there too. So a lot of you are listening to this, going, okay, well, Jeb, you, you've you've said inventory has increased, demand has. Uh, subsided, you know, interest rates are kind of stabilizing. Well, what does that actually mean for home prices? Well, what we've seen is home prices kind of stagnate to some extent, move sideways. We haven't really seen drops um, in home prices. Why? Because inventory levels are still relatively low. Uh, there's still buyer demand out there. In fact, in many price points, they're still not the right home for many home buyers out there. I mean, looking at the market, they look at the market and go, that the home that I want, that I would need, isn't there. And I can tell you that because my family and I are potential home buyers looking at a certain price point. And honestly, there's nothing. There's well, there's one home that came on the market in the last week, and that's the first one we've seen in months. So there's still buyers out there looking to buy property. And that's the reason that demand hasn't fallen off entirely. Um, and house prices haven't really seen a big dip. Now, you've probably seen some price drops on properties. But that's getting back to more normal trends, you know, getting sellers more in line with what the market's been doing versus what they feel like, you know, it should be doing based on the conversations they've had with their neighbors and friends that have sold homes. And so seeing that month over month appreciation, probably gone in, in many markets out there, right? Pricing a home closer to where, you know, we started the year is probably a better move than pricing your home based off something that that closed last week, right? Because the home that closed last week went into escrow 30, 60 days ago when interest rates were were lower, right? And so that's a conversation and in, in talking to um, a, a professional agent that can guide you through that. And so that link that I mentioned earlier, we'll talk to them. We'll get you in touch with them. But Josh, we've talked about where we started, where we are. Let's talk about where we're headed. Um, it's, you know, Almost mid-year, in fact, um, when this when this episode's going to drop. Got six months through the remainder of the year. We've talked a little bit about seasonality, but let's talk about inventory again. Let's talk about demand. And lastly, interest rates and kind of where we see the market at the end of the year. 
Absolutely. So, Jeb, do you are you seeing and do you expect to continue seeing some normality to the seasonality? So we talked about for two years, there really wasn't. It was just wall to wall hot buyers wanting to buy people listing at times when there aren't normally a lot of homes listed. It seems as though we're seeing a little bit of a return to that seasonality. So we have uh, inventory increasing right now. Um, but still at, at low levels. How does that uh, sort of correspond to what you traditionally see with seasonality? You know, I, it, it, it's tough because, you know, we, we have short memories. Um, so what I remember is the last two years versus, you know, being in the business 15, 20 years selling real estate is that, you know, prior to the last two years, we did. We had a lot of seasonality in the market, right? Homes would come on about the first, second week in February. And, it, you know, demand would pick up about that time. And that would run us through you know, early June, kids get out of school, the market would kind of slow a little bit. And as you got into August, September, school starts, it probably it slows a little bit more and then continues to slow throughout the end of the year. And through that time, inventory, you know, it, it has fluctuations and, and some ups and downs, but there's there's not really any, you know, the peak in, in when inventory comes on the market is the spring typically. And then you kind of see it decline throughout the year and that that doesn't mean that it's a bell curve in decline it's just a, a you know a, a small decline um last year was different last year we came out of summer it slowed during summer about this time and then we came into august when we thought the market would slow a little bit more and things went gangbusters again right because again low interest rates just the frenzy in the market some of that demand being pulled forward like you mentioned this year i think you're going to see again i think the majority of inventory that has come to the market, the the peak, I think, has been here with the with the max numbers coming to the market in, in like a given day. But I think inventory is going to likely continue to increase through probably September, October, um, at which point it's going to have some seasonality and slow down. Those homes that don't sell will be pulled off the market. Less people are likely to put their homes on the market during that time because it's just not normally a great time to sell your property. Uh, and there's a lot of really smart people out there that believe we could start seeing levels of inventory closer to what we saw in, in 2019 prior to the pandemic during that time. I don't know that we're going to get there. Um, I, I think I don't think supply is going to continue to increase at the at the the pace that we've seen, I think because of, of where sellers have interest rates locked in, some sellers are just going to look at the market and go, hey, listen, my neighbor's house sold for less than I thought my house was worth. Um, I'm just going to stay put. You know, we talk about prices being sticky to the upside. So I think that's going to have um, some play in there. Uh, the question is, what does demand do? Because what demand is going to have a bigger impact on where in inventory goes than homes just coming to the market, right? If no demand comes to the market or demand doesn't pick up, those inventory levels, while they might not be increasing at the rate of, of homes coming on the market in, in the same regard, if people aren't buying them, homes are sitting and then you've got homes coming on top of it. So that could cause inventory levels to build even further or higher than, than what I'm talking about here. But with that well, said... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, let, let's talk about demand. What are the things that can impact demand? Demographics tell us that we have a large cohort coming into prime first-time home buying age. Um, things don't change. Like, those people are going to want to buy homes. So, again, going back to 
uh, willing demand versus able demand. They're going to be willing to buy homes and wanting to buy homes because it's the right phase of their life. Um, they're getting married, they're having kids, they're getting settled in their career. So I don't think that changes. What we do have is interest rates impact that. It's just affordability in general. You know, absent home prices coming down, the only thing that's a variable that can move, that will move, um, that impacts affordability is interest rates. So I think we're near a peak. I don't think it's going to get worse. Could get better. We could see some improvement there that would help demand. The other thing is what happens with the economy? We talk about a recession. Recessions haven't really impacted home prices in the past other than the 2008 Great Recession, which was caused by housing. So we do can have an issue that if you're not super secure in your job or you're not getting the pay raise and affordability is already tight, it could put a damper on demand. So what are the tailwinds that are going to to lead to outsized gains? I don't think there really are any. So we're seeing a return to normal. You and I talk about 75 years of 4.6% of average appreciation. We just came off to the two biggest years of appreciation ever. Would it be reasonable to think the next few years, two, three, five years, maybe lower than our 4.6% 4.6% average, especially with the headwinds we're talking about in terms of a recession, in terms of slightly higher interest rates? I think sure. it's possible. Yeah. You know, you could have one, two, three percent. I don't personally see a downturn in prices in the most desirable markets, but I also don't see the tailwinds that lead to a big, huge increase in in values either. So somewhere in that three to five percent is probably what we're looking at over the next few years, largely because of that demographic cohort coming in and wanting to buy. People want to buy homes. There's a limit of people wanting to sell homes, as we see with the average tenure in home, average length of time someone owns their primary residence 11 years right now that keeps stretching longer and longer as rates go lower and lower and people build up more equity in their homes so i think that's pretty reasonable to expect that demand is going to remain constrained be, or uh, supply is going to remain constrained because less people are wanting to sell and demand is going to remain um, slightly elevated due to demographics and just people wanting to buy. So there's a balance there that is going to protect us from uh, a downturn in prices, but it's also um, some headwinds there that's going to keep us from seeing the big outsized gains that we saw the last couple of years. No, agreed. And as we move towards the end of the year, you're going to get more balance in the market. I mean, that's you know, that doesn't mean as a buyer, you're going to be able to go in and, and offer significantly less unless the house is way overpriced, in which case maybe you're able to do that. But I think as a buyer, it's important to note as home price as homes sit on the market a little bit longer, days on the market are going to go up nationwide, right? So you're going to start to see homes sitting a little bit longer and, and buyers tend to think what happens when a home sits longer? They think it's either overpriced or something's wrong with it. And in many cases, that could be true. In some cases, it couldn't be, you know, it might not be true. It's just the market is slowing to an extent where buyers just aren't pulling the trigger. So as a buyer out there, just, just understand what the market's doing. Um, don't get caught up in the headlines and, and just really try to stick to your plan Buy if it's the right time in your life, which we've talked about and be less worried, quite frankly, of what the value of your home is tomorrow and more about, can you afford the payment? And, and can you afford the payment as we head into a recession? Do you have money in the bank? Do you have that longer term time horizon? Like Josh mentioned earlier, you know, we've seen 35, 40% gains over the last couple of years when the average over a 75 year period is like 4.6%. In order to get back to that trend, you need some moderation in home prices. Some markets, you might see a five, 
5% decline. Hell, you might see 10% in some markets. Just, I think it depends on the market, what's happening with the inventory and demand, Josh. Is that fair? Absolutely. And the thing that, that I was going to say is it it varies from market to market. It varies from sub-market to sub-market. So even for us here in Orange County, you know, uh, Corona Del Mar is going to be very different than Anaheim. And even with that. What do you that, mean? They're the same. No, no, they're a little different. <laughs> but even, a nice but, beach a nice beach town with $30 million homes isn't the same as, as uh, you know, a, a town where the median home price is 900000 You You and I both know very, very, very different. But even within that, let's let's look at it. Let's say here in Huntington Beach, our, our town, there's an entry-level 1,200-square-foot fixer. That's going to be impacted differently than sort of, um, let's, again, we've, we've talked about homes that, that are, are unique for whatever reason. My home is a single story with a three-car garage in a desirable neighborhood. There's always going to be demand for that. So wherever the market is at, we'll get a little bit of a premium because of the scarcity of that. And if my home was more similar to others and had deferred maintenance and beat up, those things do worse in, in a, a level market. So what, right. what we saw the last couple of years, it didn't matter. Every type of home and every market for the most part was gonna get whatever the premium price was. We're gonna go back to a little bit more normal. An average yes. home is gonna have average time on market and get an average price for the market. The nice trophy homes are always going to go. Like you're saying you're looking around, like the one of the homes that you're looking at it's a bitching house. They're going like they, they could sell in a terrible market. It would still sell and it would get whatever the, the best price would, would bear because if 10 homes come on the market, it's m nicer than nine of them. So that's not those dynamics don't change. So know what you're you're looking for. We saw a weird dynamic over the last few years that people were paying big premiums for the fixers. You know, you got $60,000 deferred maintenance. People feel happy because they got a $15,000 discount. Well, you really lost $45,000 buying that versus a, a moderate home. That doesn't happen in a flatter market. So just a more return, more of a return to normal dynamics on that type of stuff. Now, you said something really important, and I think where we're going to end this is location. You know, everybody talks about real estate. You've heard the, the, the phrase location, location, location. Over the last two years, location hasn't really mattered. The house that backs to the freeway or the house that backs to the major intersection gets the same price as the interior house in the neighborhood. Why? There was a lack of properties. Demand was very high due to rates. The properties, those are the properties that are going to be impacted more than anything else. The ones that have location issues that aren't uh, as nice as as the the interior, you know, property that is fixed up. Maybe it's not interior, but the property that's fixed up, right? It's it's all relative. And so what you're going to see is a more balanced market as we move through the end of the year. So that's important to note, people. And as I mentioned, if you want to get in touch with a lender like Josh uh, and or a lender anywhere nationwide and or a real estate agent, do me a favor, click that link in the description below. But we're going to end here. Uh, lastly, I'd ask a favor if you're listening to us or I'm assuming you're listening to us at this point, but do you know, rate us on whatever podcast platform you listen to. It does help. Uh, you know, the algorithms out there and more people listening to us, but we appreciate you being here. We will uh, speak to you soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.